Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. All right, so I just want to say a couple things before I get started. Um, So we have been functioning as a community of people for four years and four months. And uh, I think Wednesday night may have been the greatest service we've had in all of that time. Um, And then on Friday at noon, we just were kind of in the same frightening, scary place. It's like uh, when church was over Wednesday, I ran into about a half a dozen people and all they could do is like, I just have no words. And I was like, I felt like we touched an eternal place. But like eternity, well, I mean, we serve, we worship an eternal being. So when he draws near, if you get close enough, you begin to experience the eternal essence of who he is. And I felt like, uh, that was that place was in this place on Wednesday and again on Friday. I'm saying that to tell you, uh, you should come on Wednesdays because you just you just don't know. Out of four years and four months, that's a big statement to make. But I tell you, it was it was. Now some of you who are Wednesday didn't feel it didn't see it, didn't experience it. You're like Jacob in Genesis 28 when he woke up from the dream and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. That verse is for you. My sermon title today is, uh, I'm calling this Change Your Mind. Everybody say, Change Your Mind. Tanner. Has Emily ever said anything to you that I'm never going to do this? And then weeks later, months later, you find out her doing something that she said she would never do. And you ask her about it. And she says, what? I changed my mind. Did you ever change your mind on something? Yeah. Sarah, you change your mind, don't you? (laughs) Babe, I'm trying not to pick on you. I was going to use you as the example and decided to go to Tanner and Emily. We do that. Everybody say, change your mind. mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, change your mind. mind. I'm going to read a testimony to you to get started. I read this uh, two or three months ago. Nicole and I had gone to a church in Kissimmee, Florida, and a man after service, handed us a little card with this letter in it. And so I'm going to read that testimony to you again. Maybe some of you are hearing it for the first time. I hope so. Here's what was in the card. In the spring of 2011, 
My 17-year-old son, Christian Foster, was sick and had large growths on his body and his lymph nodes. From the start, every medical professional we went to was very concerned he had cancer. After multiple tests and weeks of waiting, I got that phone call that set my world upside down. Rare B cell lymphoma cancer. In ancient days, it would be on the same level as leprosy. We were seven minutes from the Navy Pier in Chicago on a road trip to help lift his spirits. I was so distraught, stumbling in doubt and mad at God that I did not travel back with him to Florida. I stayed back with my three oldest children and downward spiraled for three weeks as I did not want to live. Late one evening, I received a call from my wife screaming and saying that our son was healed. She took him to church that day and a guest speaker, Pastor David Binion, called him out from the stage during worship without any prior knowledge of his condition and asked him what his need was. Then he lay hands on him and prayed. He told him he was healed. I said, put my son on the phone now. I asked, what happened? How do you know you were healed? He said, dad, I recommitted my life to Christ today when this man prayed for me. I felt the pressure in my growths release. He said, dad, I felt them go down. I felt the healing." I caught the next flight out to go home and still had doubt with a little hope to hang on to. We took him back to his next appointment as they wanted to start scheduling treatments. I told them we need to run a new test. I told them what the Lord had done. They were not excited about the delay, but complied. After a few weeks, we could not believe how long it was taking to get the new test results back. So we called in and were told why they had taken more time. They ran multiple new tests over and over with new professionals, and he was now 100% cancer-free. None of the professionals could understand it. I told them again what the Lord had done and to tell everyone involved. We later got confirmation that they all agreed it was an absolute documented miracle. Amen. Eleven years later, he is still cancer-free. Signed, Robert Foster. We were there back in October for a revival day. There were a few places that we agreed to go on a Sunday, and that was one of them. We saw the young man seated on the front row with his wife. His two kids were in children's church. Uh, a man with purpose and destiny and worship in his heart. How did it happen? How did it happen? The kingdom of God had come crashing into his infirmity and overwhelmed it. 
It was a great victory over the enemy. So last Sunday, uh, I think it was after worship. I can't remember where it was in the service, but I stepped down and I just started uh, speaking and releasing healing in the room. You remember that? And specifically, I said uh, there were there was back pain that God was healing. And my friend Tammy was at home in bed, unable to move in excruciating pain in her back. And when I declared it, she was watching online. When I declared back pain was being healed, she felt a warmth in her body. She hadn't been able to get up and walk. Her husband had to carry her from room to room. Like, I was, I was going to get... I was going to say, I was going to say I had to carry her to go potty, but I decided not to say the potty part. Uh, And immediately she was able to get up and walk. How did that happen? The kingdom of God came crashing in to her back and the pain in the back surrendered. I just realized I've got a tail. (laughs) Just give me a sec. I got to get rid of the computer distractions. I'm not saying her name again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she wasn't the only one. Lisa Lyman was, uh, remember I asked people to step into the aisle and and had people come and I, I didn't do it. I didn't touch anybody. Everybody else was kind of touching whoever they were close and praying the prayer over them. I was making a declaration about back pain. Well, I didn't know that weeks Lisa had been suffering in her back, but on that Sunday morning, she had to get out of bed at 440 because she was in excruciating pain, not sure what she was going to do. She needed to go to the doctor, but she came to church and and I called back pain. She said, I'm going to get into that. And I just stepped out into the aisle and people came and I... The same story, I felt a warmth in my back, and the pain was immediately gone. How did that happen? The kingdom of God came crashing into her back, and the pain surrendered. Another great victory. Uh, Okay, that's not all. Where's... Lisa, are you, and my other Lisa, there, she right here, another story, same service, were you home? You, you were watching at home too. Oh, that's right, you, you were here, and you left, and by the time you got home, she had an issue with her back as well, and uh, having difficulty walking, and then she was able to go to the park on the place she always goes and walks, and she says, like, I'm walking. I'm walking in three miles. The same thing. I don't know. I don't recall. Did you feel the warmth as well? All over. How, how did it happen? The kingdom of God came crashing in. <laughs> and there was one more. Uh, I forget who the fourth one was. Same thing. I think there was another person watching at home and, uh, Felt the warmth in their back. Four people last Sunday. Is that normal? 
Absolutely. But is it common in today's church? Not yet. I like, I, I like that little word, yet. It's a big word. It's a little big word. Not yet. But God is changing the way Christians think about the so-called impossible. Say, change your mind. He is teaching us to work hand in hand with the kingdom so that the reality of heaven comes crashing into earthly problems and overwhelms them. The results are astonishing miracles, great victories over the enemy, healing, deliverance, revelation, and more. Everybody say more. It's not hype. It's not baseless hope on some unattainable theory. It's fact. The testimonies I just shared are actual situations in which affliction was completely vanquished by kingdom reality. And there are many more coming. I declare to you, this is a return to the authentic. Say, change your mind. Jesus said, he was basically retweeting John the Baptist. When he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I was going to reach and touch your hand, but you've been sick, so... uh, I'm going to touch your hand. (laughs) You just need to be healed, okay? The kingdom reality comes crashing in on Tanner. Jesus said, repent. Repent comes from two little words. Re, R-E, means go back. Pent is like where we get the word penthouse, the top floor. Go back to God's perspective. We've been lulled into the culture of the age, and we think the way our culture thinks. We get enamored with Fox and CNN and ABC, all of those, and and we allow it to shape the way we think. Repent. Go back to God's perspective For the kingdom of heaven is within reach. It's at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your mind. Everybody say change your mind. Okay, so this is going to be a quick sermon because we have the big announcement. So I promise I'm going to. I'm going to read you a passage of scripture. Matthew 16 Verses starting with verse 13 through 23. So there's a little chunk here I'm going to read. In the New King James Version. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Philippi, (laughs) 
he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Nicole didn't know I was going to use the scripture on Sunday and on Wednesday during our worship during the, it was just like this prophetic moment and we were at the deep place and it was like she was singing the word of the Lord over the people and she started singing, who do you say that I am? And it was like a portal opened. (laughs) Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. You're not mindful. Your mind is not full of the things of God. Interesting passage of scripture. Here is the man, six verses back, four verses back, that said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say that you are Peter and on this rock, one of the most quoted scriptures in all of churchdom. (laughs) Upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then Jesus segues into this other conversation And says, I'm going to be led and crucified. And Peter pulls him aside. And to the same person who had this incredible revelation, he says to him, get behind me, Satan. You're not mindful of the things of God. It is possible to live in close proximity to the very person of Jesus and still have your mind full of poo. I guess I could have gone all day and not said that. Uh, we, allow, we allow so much to fill our minds. Say, change your mind. Change your mind. It is possible for us to have incredible worship and encounter the presence of the Lord and see miracles and still have to change our minds. 
Let me see. What are you mindful of? What is your mind full of? What are you mindful of? What is my mind full of? I wish I could say that I lived every day with the miraculous display of the kingdom, but I haven't. I believed in healing and deliverance, but I didn't pray for them with any success. I had correct doctrine, but I didn't have correct practice. I watched it in my dad's life and I guessed, oh, that's his gifting and I'll just stay behind the keyboard and try to facilitate the moments when someone else is praying for the sick and I don't have to put myself in the place of risk. Praying a prayer and then watching people leave unchanged. Praying for people, see them fall out on the floor and get up with a headache because <laughs> they hit too hard. See, sometimes people fall out because they, that's, I, I, I say it's learned behavior. Uh-uh. Some people really fall out. I've really fallen out before. But others, I also know that some people, do, well, they think that's what you're supposed to do because that's what everybody's doing. So I'm just going to go ahead and let myself hope someone's back there to catch me. Yo, I remember, oh, I know, I have to stop. Okay, my uncle pushed a lady down once. <laughs> uncle James, he's dead. <laughs> um, the lady hit her head on the wooden pew and just started bleeding. And my dad went over and prayed for her and the hole closed up. Change your mind. One day I decided to go after it myself. I decided this is my inheritance. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. And I found myself, I've shared before, I'll share it again. It bears repeating. I was over in Mesquite. I can't remember the name of the church. Danny Wegman is the pastor. What is it? He's not the pastor there anymore. Kelly is now. Pathway of Life. And I was on March the 19th. We were in Dallas. We lived in Nashville at the time, but uh, we were in Dallas uh, visiting my mom and dad for their anniversary on the 17th. And then on, 19th, on the 19th, we were over at Pathway of Life Church. And uh, I, I began to change my mind about the supernatural. I watched it. I saw the dead raised when I was 13. I mean, but, but, and then I just, my, my thoughts started shifting. I'm saying, wait a second. This is my 
inheritance. An inheritance is something that you get that you don't have to work for. You don't have to do anything except you get to a certain age, then they give you a PIN number that gives you access to an account. Then you can start drawing on it. And so that's where I was. I remember I began to declare, I began to prophesy that the power of God was returning to the church. And then we would sing and everybody would say, yes, amen, but nothing happened. But I kept declaring it. And finally, we were in this service and worship was, it went deep, fast. We sang the first song and I, and I just said, I declare in this room today that while we worship, people will be healed. And I immediately thought, oh my God, what if nothing happens? And immediately I had this thought that replaced that thought that said, what if something does? So we started worshiping. People just, there was mucus everywhere. You know it's a move of God when there's snot. I probably didn't have to say that either. But it's true. So, so, uh, I remember we just started worshiping, and I forgot what I had said, and we worshiped maybe an hour and a half, and the pastor got up at the end, he came up, and he said, I just want to know, first thing he said, I want to know, did anybody get healed during worship? And I was like, oh God, oh God, and I'm still over behind the keyboard, oh God, oh God, oh God, please, 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 please. And then a man, he's about 65 or so, sitting on this side of the building, comes running to the front. I've shared it before. He comes up and he said, when I was 20 years old, now remember, he's like mid-60s. When I was 20 years old, I had three surgeries to repair a rotator cuff, and they never could correct it. And at best, for 40 years, I've only been able to move my arm in a 90-degree angle. And he said, but when he said that, I felt a warmth in my shoulder, and something popped. And he starts swinging his arm like this and said, haven't been able to do this for 40 years. And it began. And anytime I would share the testimony, it would happen again. I would share that testimony and people would sit in the sanctuary. I would talk about the rotator cuff and people in the room, their shoulders would just start popping while I'm giving a testimony. Everybody say, change your mind. It's been a wonderful adventure. To see the will of God realized in my life. I started believing that the normal Christian life was revival. Not a schedule of services. Supernatural Intervention. Nicole and I were talking. I don't know if I should say it. I'm just going to say it. We were just reminiscing about praying for our daughter a few years ago. She was dating this hairy-legged old guy. And we just knew he was not right for her. And we'll get there. 
Uh, and I will just tell you, I've never seen Nicole become such a warrior before. Uh, I remember one night we were just, we could feel the control, uh, the, the, the influence he was having over her. And uh, I remember one night, Nicole was just like, done. And she walked in her closet and closed the door, and I never heard such a warrior. I, I mean, it's like, I mean, I've seen her go after God, but I've never heard the sound of warfare like I did. And she was, and I'm over laying in bed because I'm, I'm, you know, it's like my whole life, I'm the one that always gets the demons. Uh, they'll, they'll come in church and start talking to me, and I'll just say, shut up. And, and so, but she's over there in the, room, in the other room, and I'm hearing the sound of this, and I just start chuckling. <laughs> I just start laughing. I'm loving what I'm hearing. And I look over by the door that goes out into the living room and I see tentacles breaking. I'm like, God, I know you're doing something. So I got out of bed and I went upstairs and she's asleep in there. And I just started praying over the door. God, I declare she's marked by you for you. So I'm not talking about just cancer or backs. I'm talking about deliverance. Someone with purpose on their life that the enemy tried to, to put someone there to distract. And I just say, you know, I love, I love watching Gracie worship now. There's, there is something significant, significantly different on her. testimonies. Perhaps if God would start breaking out in other people and healing shoulders when I gave the testimony, how about someone else dealing with issues with their children? How about right now there's a breaking? There's a release in the atmosphere of the testimony that means do it again. Testimony. One of the definitions for the word testimony is do it again. Okay, I'm supposed to be quicker. I have to stop. Okay, I'm going to read you another passage of scripture. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Everybody say prove. How many times have we prayed and proved nothing? It's kind of like, uh, I remember when Nicole and I, first moved to Nashville, we had been married three years, and our friends that lived across the, the parking lot at this condo uh, uh, place where we lived uh, came over and gave us a demonstration of the rainbow vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Hallelujah. Rainbow vacuum cleaners. And they began to demonstrate to prove to us what this vacuum cleaner can do. 
And they have all of these things that they, that the attachments, and they got a piece of some kind of plastic and put it over the cushions on the sofa. And, 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 and it, it just got, starts going, it just sucked it into this little, I mean, the cushion got smaller. I'm like, I didn't know the cushion could do that. And then, and then the, it brings all of the dirt and dust into this water. There's like a little thing of water that all the dirt comes into. Instead of a bag, we have one of those trash cans, trash cans. We have one of those vacuum cleaners here that has the trash bag on it. And we have to change those out, right? Are we due for a change anytime soon? Okay. So, but even before I saw this rainbow vacuum cleaner demonstrated, they used to, uh, I remember seeing commercials about these door-to-door salesmen, all you young people, you don't know that, when people used to come to your door and sell encyclopedias. That was before the internet, so you had to have an encyclopedia to know things. And so uh, vacuum cleaners, uh, salesmen would come to your door too. You don't know they're there. You don't know what they're coming for. The doorbell rings, you open the door, and in steps the man, and he throws dirt on your floor. (laughs) Emily said, how rude. (laughs) Then immediately it's part of his spiel. He He plugs in his vacuum cleaner and shows, demonstrates, he proves what this vacuum cleaner can do. And then he vacuums up the whole rest of the house and you're like, oh, wow. (laughs) Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove. I am done with church. Walking in here and throwing dirt on the floor and saying, Jesus will clean you up and do nothing to prove it. I feel something. Everybody say, change your mind. I'm going to read the Passion Translation, the same scripture. I love this. And then I'll, I have to stop. Uh, oh, there's... There's so much more here. Y'all don't understand. I have to go to the airport. And, uh, we have a meeting in Las Vegas tonight, a, a prophetic conference. That, uh, David, stop explaining. <laughs> Romans 12, 2. I'm going to read the same scripture in the Passion Translation. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. I have more, but I'm just going to stop. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.com. Dot Church.